Conversations with Radio Maria England. And this is our second episode in the series for this summer. We are looking at what is vocations? What might it mean to you? Where, how do we discern our vocation? Last week, we had the privilege of having so many amazing guests. Brother Dominic, Father Dominic, Sister Elaine, Abba, David. Was that everybody? Oh, no, no, no. We also had... Paddy from uh, the, uh, one of the youth teams sharing all the different vocations, how they were led and what it means to them. Today, oh, another exciting group I've got with me. I have got so far, and we might have more joining us, I've got James from the UK Vocations... Oh, I'm saying it wrong. <laughs> office of Vocations? Is that the right yep. title, James? The National, yeah, National the... Office for Vocation. There we go. That's it. And I've also got Sister Elaine, who is the director of the National Office of Vocations. Hi, Helena. It's nice to be with you. Nice to have you again. And then we might have Sister Frances on and we might have also another surprise guest from Scotland. We'll see. Rumor has it he's finishing up a mass. So if we hear a little ding, that means he might be joining our studio. But we will see how how it goes. But for now, let's start off the show with a prayer. And James, could you start us off? Yep, absolutely fine, Helena. It'd be uh, my pleasure to do that. So let's just call our minds to prayer today and open the ears and the hearts of our listeners and to, to bless each and every single one of us. So let's begin in prayer this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our loving Father, you created and continue to give life to the world through your world. Jesus Christ, in the power of your Holy Spirit. You called us all from the dust of the earth to participate in your divine life and have entrusted to us the care of this same earth for the good of all creation. Give us today the courage we need to stand up as a witness and defenders of this great gift of our world. Give us the strength and conviction to change our individual ways so that our choices may not cause unnecessary harm to our common home. And that where we cause harm, we resolve to compensate. We pray that you will move the world to care for one another in a spirit of solidarity, and that world may still have the resources to heal itself. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, James. So this is a series about vocations. And we started off last week sharing that your vo- everyone has a vocation and your, vo- your vocation is calling you to be holy. James, we heard a little bit from Sister Elaine, but what about you? Do you have any uh, definition or any, any grandiose idea, theme idea of what a vocation is? Yeah, so vocation is really um, important to us as individuals. So we ourselves um, live a life of discipleship. And as my role here at the National Office for Vocation is is a discipleship promoter. So we promote a life of following Jesus. And we can do that 
through um, many different ways in life. Um, the common way to look at it is our different states of life through um, either the most sort of common way of life of being a single person, the vocation that we are born into, um, looking at uh, the next step to, to married life. And then um, you've got ordination through priest to diaconate, religious life, um, through different orders and communities. And then you've also got um, the other forms of consecration that we can move into. But it's all about how we live our life and following that path to holiness. And um, it's how we get there and what we do. And uh, today, obviously, we're looking at uh, the COP26 and how we can live our vocation um, to care for our common home and why that's really, really important um, in today's world. Oh, James, I love this. So yesterday we had a volunteers meeting this week and I said, oh, and I was talking about the show today about COP26. And you should have seen the looks on on the faces. Like, what is COP twenty <laughs> six? So, James, Sister Elaine, don't don't fight too much. But who would like to share with us what is COP C O P twenty six? Okay, so in November um, we have got um, the COP twenty six taking place, and it is going to be held in Glasgow. And it's a talk among the world's leaders on climate change and our common home and the world around us. And we have Pope Francis that's coming down, and this is really exciting for us. And he will be there, and he will be talking to these world leaders about climate change and what we ourselves can do to protect our common home and the steps that we can take um, in order to be good stewards of our of our earth. Wait a second, wait a second. Is this, does everyone know that Pope Francis is coming to see, a, is this a new thing? Is this breaking news on Radio Maria? Pope Francis <laughs> is coming to Glasgow. Is, is that new? <laughs> Well, no, we, I mean, we we had, we had a feeling he was coming. We were hoping that he was coming. We just got news recently that he actually is going to come. Now, he'll be addressing the delegates, the international delegates to the conference, but he won't be able to make a, a personal visit or a pastoral visit to us. But we are going to be there anyway to support him and be praying for him and the good outcome of whatever he wishes to communicate to the, the world via the delegates that will be there. That's so exciting. That's so exciting. There you go. There you go. All right. So we've been talking about what are the dates? What are the dates of COP26? It's, it's the 31st of October is when we're going to be meeting in Carfin Grotto, which is the national shrine of Our Lady in Scotland. We'll be meeting there for a candlelit procession and a prayer, praying uh, encouraging people up and down the country to pray for Pope Francis. And then it's going to be, it's two weeks, isn't it? It's the first to the, the 13th of November. Uh, the 31st to the 12th. Yeah, the 31st yeah. to the 12th, 12th of November. So that's when the delegates will be meeting. But we will be there in the middle weekend up in Glasgow at Pauline Books and Media. We have a welcome hub. Uh, which is right in the city centre at um, St Enoch Square. And we'll be there to welcome people who are coming up as pilgrims because we know that to young people this is something that's very important, to think about our planet, to change the world and do something good. And we're, we're there as the National Office for Vocation 
to bring a spiritual side to it because God is interested in our planet just as he's interested in each one of us. And we have to give him the vehicle to communicate and to participate in, in that relationship with, with our world through prayer and spirituality. Excellent. Now, I understand that the, the, Pope Francis has made climate, the environment, a very, very important part of these last 20 years uh, through his papal decrees. Is it the Laudate Sea? That, yes. Oh. Yes. Why would the National Office of Vocations be up there? Why not uh, CAFOD or some of the other environmental Catholic groups? So um, we, we um, Laudato Si, Helena, complements um, what the Catechism of the Catholic Church says, um, which is that our responsibility is to care for our world and not steal resources from future generations. So while we're up in... Um, in, in Glasgow, we will be having uh, a variety of talks on uh, Laudato Si and, and we'll be able to reflect on creation as a caress of God. And we are reminded that as believers, scripture reveals that God created the world and that, it, and that the world is good. And we'll also reflect on the climate as a common good. And we are reminded that as inhabitants of the earth, we have a responsibility to care for it. And as a universal family, this calls us as neighbours to each other and we recognise that we are on the earthly pilgrimage together and we are made up for love. And the final session looks at how we are called to respond in solidarity for, with our global family and all of creation. So that links our vocation call. We all have, we're all called and we all have a vocation. So it's our responsibility to care for the earth and look after the earth for each other and for future generations. And those future generations will be, um, have the vocations in the, as, as in the future. So as we're being called to be stewards of creation uh, in specific, uh, all, all of us are, right? The parishes, families, schools, and individuals. Yeah. Uh, is there any, how, how, do, is there any way that you're encouraging, uh, is the National Vocations Office encouraging schools or parishes to become stewards? Do you have any examples? Yeah, so Helena, I, um, I've uh, created a project called the Vocations Garden, and what we're looking at is um, parishes and schools to get involved with the Vocations Garden. And what that looks like is that we are offering some seeds to schools to start their Vocations Garden, and it's all about sowing the seeds for the future. So we're working with a school at the moment, Cardinal Pole Catholic School in Hackney, and we're working with them um, to build a vocations garden. They've started uh, a new garden this year and they wanted to take it a little further and to build part of this vocations garden with us. So uh, the idea is, is to get students involved in planting seeds and um, reminding them of what the care of creation is and how important that actually is. And the good thing about this is, is that students will attend the garden and it's not just a reminder of um, our climate and the beauty that's all around us and God's creation, but it's also a time for them to take time out to pray 
and um, for their vocation to listen to what God is speaking to them about. Um, and it's, it's beautiful, really. So we've put out a national assembly for schools and hopefully from September, when schools return after the summer, they'll be able to use this assembly and to promote um, vocation and also um, the COP26 and making them aware of sowing the seeds for our future generations. So that's that's the thing that we think that is, is sowing the seeds. Um, and we think it's beautiful, really. Um, and that's why we wanted to get involved. So we're looking at schools, but we also want to roll out to parish groups um, and to youth groups that are around um, England and Wales as well. I love that. I love that idea as well, because this is sort of um, as part of a vocation garden, you're sort of also making a discernment garden. You're planting seeds of and they're specifically being planted with this in mind. COP26, climate, taking care of being stewards for our planet. You're doing that with your intentions. And as you're planting, perhaps you're physically praying in a way with this garden. And then you want them to continue to take care of the garden so they continue their relationship of discernment as they get older and as they get on. I love that idea. James, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks, Helena. <laughs> you, you can take full credit. Father Paul, can you hear us? Yes, I can. Oh, yes. welcome. Welcome to the show. This is Radio Maria and this is Vocations. And today I've got with me, I heard in the background, you heard a bit of, from her too, we have Sister Frances, Sister Elaine, James, who are all from the UK National Office for Vocations. And now we've got Father Paul. Father Paul, who are you and where do you come from? <laughs> um, I'm a Kumboni missionary. I'm in Carmyle at the moment, uh, Glasgow, <laughs> uh, in Scotland. And um, yes, I've, I've joined in <laughs> uh, uh, recently with the, with the group. And uh, I'm part of the Vocation Network Scotland. Excellent, excellent. So we, we started the show with talking about what a vocation is. And James shared his vocation of being a disciple. Uh, uh, you put it so perfectly, James. Disciple <sighs> promoter. Discipleship promoter. That's discipleship it. <laughs> promoter. That's what I'm going to rename me on my <laughs> discipleship <laughs> promoter. I love that. Yep. And Father Paul, you are a... Your vocation, you might say, is a priest, but it's more than that as well. Could you share with us a little bit about your vocation that you've been called to? Oh, yes. I'm uh, a missionary, a Kumbuni missionary, um, and we're a religious congregation. So I live in community. Um, I've been the last 25 years, uh, uh, most of it in Sudan, both north and south. And the last nine years were uh, in Egypt. Um, yes, my vocation is about being sent as well as being a disciple. And uh, being sent means to be also open to the God of surprises, who surprises me in many ways through different cultures, other religions. And um, it's always the uh, art of being a missionary is uh, listening carefully, understanding and then entering into a dialogue uh, through that. Um, and in dialogue, the Lord inspires some uh, um, words of wisdom, but particularly the gospel is full of uh, insights as we 
give witness and work together and dialogue for uh, the coming of the kingdom of God. <laughs> so, um, uh, what do you want to mourn? <laughs> <Can you? laughs> so, how did you get involved with? So, we've been talking about COP twenty six and how the the um, the National Office Vocations will be there on that the first week, the second weekend of the conference. The conference takes place. Oh, let me find the date. October 31st to November 12th, 2021 yes. in Glasgow, where you are now. How did you get involved in being taking part with this uh, action, this missionary action that the vocations office is doing, being there at the conference? Well, I was sharing with the um, vocation network and uh, Sister Francis was very much uh, encouraging us to uh, uh, be on online, especially for the vocation cafes and vocation meetings at different schools. And um, COP26 has been ringing, uh, especially after Laudato Si, the, the Pope's encyclical, is uh, ringing in my head. And so we were sharing ideas, brainstorming one day, and I said, well, this is the future for the young people. This COP26 will be, uh, although it has something to do with Mother Earth, with nature, but nobody's talking about what kind of spirituality does that have and uh, what animates, what would be the motivation to look after the Earth and to take it into consideration. And I realised that in the Pope's encyclical, which really kind of uh, uh, inspired me, that we cannot really look at a future without considering everybody involved on this earth uh, together. And the whole idea of dialoguing with an aim to uh, see how can we collaborate from the economical, social, cultural, justice of distribution of uh, resources. All this has a uh, a knock-on effect, a, a symbiotic relationship between all the nations and all the people, with a particular regard for the those who are um, underprivileged or have not used the resources as other countries have used them um, in uh, inequity. And so uh, it was really a, a provocation for, you know, using nature can be also abusing nature. And in the same time, if we abuse nature, we strip from people, make other people poor by taking resources that might benefit some of the uh, conglomerates, uh, companies. And can we do something for that? Um, but also, Pope Francis takes it deeper. It's not enough to try and uh, make an alarm of the climate crisis, we need to look. So if we are building a future, the question comes, what is the reason of our existence on this earth as a common home of all humanity? And then uh, I think Christ has something to say. His whole vision and how he deals with creation was this getting into creation and restoring it. Um, which is a mission that you know, it's interesting that in Mass Gospels, go and proclaim the good news to all of creation, 
not just the human beings, as if creation is involved in this new life-giving force that Christ has given us through the resurrection. And so the idea of the seed having its own power to um, feed from the earth, grows, form roots, and break through the earth to bear fruit and give fruit, um, it's in itself uh, uh, an idiomatic image of what we call to each one is like a, every human person is a unique seed. It can be a tree, it can be a shrub, it can be a beautiful flower, it can be um, a cabbage. But in symbolically, every seed has its function and role in the whole of creation. And therefore, each vocation with all its different colors and varieties have a role to play in building up a future where recognizing that life is a gift, creation is a gift, nature, all of it is a gift. And when we disregard the creator, we enter into the path of making ourselves as masters of creation, and we're not. And I think whole of creation is telling us, you're not, you're not in control. And maybe the pandemic is telling us that quite clearly. And we struggle with that, which is fair enough. But where do you turn to? Who do you turn to? God gave us life as a gift. How are we using it? And how do we use it together? If we're really going to consider the future, then we have a call of, for justice and a call for furnishing a future that is not just leaving contaminated atmosphere, earth, sea, waters for the next generation. It will be irresponsible of the adults. But also uh, the whole call of looking at creation through the eyes of God and entering back into a plan that includes every human person, doesn't exclude anybody, a plan that we need to rediscover together, dialoguing, understanding, that might reorientate the way we use things, the way we buy, the way we live our life, the style of life. And that's quite challenging. But I, rec I recognize that as a religious, living poverty, chastity and obedience, has a parallel link with the simplicity of life. When we live simply, that means we recognize that there's other people who are more need than I am. So I am not egocentric. And also the way I deal with others. The other is my brother and my sister. So I have a caring responsibility by virtue of, of chastity. And in poverty, that means I don't abuse what God has given me, but all these gifts are to be shared as a community in common. And so all the human family is called to share in this. We call it the kingdom of God. I'd like it to call it the universal banquet. You can call it whatever you like, but the element of sharing is part of our vocation as, as a, a religious. We live in community because of that. We learn how to share. It's not an automatic thing. And then I realized that, you know, the values of the vows have an effect on the whole of humanity. Uh, and therefore, it has an effect on creation and nature. Uh, and we deal with nature as stewards. God has put great trust in us. And we, I feel that we're called to be as simple as Christ, 
live the poverty of Christ, live the love of Christ, and live an obedience to Christ because the world was not just created for me, it was created for us, and that's God's plan, and I need to reorient my own um, way of living, the way seeing of life and its priorities uh, in gearing myself to be part of a community rather than be individual who lives off the community. Oh, true, true, definitely, definitely true, definitely true. This is Vocations with Radio Maria England. Today's guest, we have James from the UK National Office for Vocations, Sister Elaine, Sister Frances, and Father Paul from Vocations in Scotland. Today, we're talking about COP26 and how we're all called to be stewards for our earth. Now, Sister Elaine and uh, Sister Frances, is there any parts of your past mission, when you when you started out in your vocation as, as sisters, was there any missionary work where you saw, or, or any parts of your work that you saw climate change and how it affected those people or those communities you supported? When, when I was, when I was first, like way back in early in my formation, I think my my novice mistress actually asked. Um, she, she noticed that I had an awful attraction to St Francis, and uh, the, she she actually she bought me the same book twice, the same book in St Francis twice. I think she thought maybe I should have went to be a, a Franciscan or something, <laughs> because St Francis, of course, was was very very in touch with. With with simplicity, with nature, with the planet, with with everything, and I think we can learn from Saint Francis that simplicity of life, which has its which impacts in a positive way our society, our neighbours, or or our schools, or friends, because living a simple life, as uh, Father Paul said earlier on, it's it's about us being a community of humanity who, as we say, have been entrusted with stewardship of the planet. And I mean, I, I've lived, as you know, as you know, Helen, I've lived in the United States of America and, and, and Italy as well. And I, although they might, be, they might not be great, great missionary, sort of like big headlines there, it gives you the experience of encountering different cultures, different people, seeing the wealth of different cultures and also the poverty of different cultures. And I remember when, when I was living in America, for example, there were some of the, the, the people there who, who were, were poor and you just notice from them the generosity of it. And I, I remember... I was in the, the south of, I was in Louisiana and we were doing a, a mission in the local parish and basically that meant we were going into various homes and um, staying with them and praying with them and sharing a meal with them. And the, these poor homes, it, Louisiana is in the south so it's very, very hot there. I can just identify with them in these days when, when we know that America is going through such a, a, a tremendous time with their wildfires and with the ex extreme heats they're, they're suffering at the moment. 
And it's true, it's, it's the, the poor people who suffer the most. It's those people who, they don't have the air conditioning, they've just got simple little houses and they might have a fan in the, in the ceiling. And these are the people who are, who are suffering. But despite that, they, they just, they get on with life. They 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 deal the ha with the the hand. They, they, they deal with it as God has given it to them, and they're so generous throughout that. And the the generosity of spirit of of these people who have nothing just show the wealth of the simplicity of a, a life lived in God and with God. And I think, as 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 we say, we need to realize the impact that God can have in our lives which uh, the impact that what I mean by impact I mean is is how how it can transform us to be generous to be considerate to one another to live lives for one another to live community as God has intended us to it's true and that's uh, as a vocation with all our vocations we've been finding it it's not just you it's you're always in this community if not with a community of sisters community of brothers your parish uh your family your partner your spouse but also with the wider world and our environment uh father paul you said you shared with us that you traveled to different places have you seen what climate change has done for any of the communities that you've been supporting Yes, the rainy season is something so important. Um, I was in Raja, which is in an area called Bahar Ghazal in the south of Sudan. Um, there are agricultural tribes called Firtit. And uh, if there is an interruption of the rain, uh, interruption by mean if the rain comes late or it comes in abundance at the wrong time, you can lose a whole year's crop. And that means starvation. Um, in uh, 98, there was a huge amount of starvation because um, of the that change of temperature. I, I didn't know it was at the time. I mean, I was with the people. It was later on when I was, you know, these phenomena that were happening um, and drought um, it was it, it was devastating. Uh, people were were just dying, um, and what made things worse was the civil war in the eighties. Um, some areas you could not plant because there are landmines, um, and it was dangerous to go and and plant. But the sensitivity of the tribes to nature is incredible when there's a good harvest and they take the first fruits. They have a big meal for the whole tribe. And we're talking about hundreds of people coming together and all the women prepare for that day. It's, a, it's a really a Thanksgiving day, uh, which took a, a Christian um, uh, connotation. But the first thing, the chieftains of the tribe, of the clans of the tribe, the first piece of food Nobody eats until that first fruit that is cooked returns back to the earth as a sign of, you know, we recognize where this came. And it's like a gratitude to Mother Earth uh, in their tribal tradition. But then we, 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 we gave uh, a Christian meaning to that, that uh, in the Eucharist, we give thanks to God for 
the bread that Christ transforms into his body becomes spiritual food. So it, it was so meaningful to have a, a Eucharistic uh, celebration uh, at harvest, uh, the harvest de- uh, season. Um, there's a lot of, also the nature is so balanced, intricately balanced that, I, I mean, I lived, uh, you know, where water, you, you had to get, get up early in the morning to get it from the well. And there you hear everybody talking about what's happening, and the well is a, it becomes a social encounter. Um, but then you're getting the water that will last you for the next full 24 hours right up to next day, um, depending how many barrels you can, you can carry. Um, and so that the women were stronger than I am. Um, I, I really uh, had to build up some muscles to, <laughs> to get these uh, big jugs of, of water in. And the well was built by um, a non-governmental organization. Uh, and they were saying that the resources of water under the ground depends on the amount of rain per year. It just percolates through the soil and forms a reservoir underground. Every drought takes away a, a huge amount of, uh, of water from the surplus that can be used um, for um, drinking, cooking, washing. Um, and so the, 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 some areas didn't have washing water to the extent that there's a small village of lepers. And the big uh, problem of leprosy is not being able to wash. Um, and it's a bacteria that eats through your nervous system, your hands. And it, was, it, was, it became a village because they could not live in the normal village. They formed their own. It was a high population. So um, the Red Cross um, managed to send some scientists to start looking at this growth of bacteria. And they found that not only that, the bacteria is growing so fast because of the changes of temperature that are not normal. And it's attacking the body, uh, not only the plantation. And so it's, it was, it, you know, there, there were loads of things that I now reflecting back and reading it through um, scientific uh, explanations that I realized, wow, you know, the, the, the whole world is involved in this. And um, there's a cycle that needs to be kind of broken, that deterioration cycle of changing continuously the balance of the environment. So, yes, uh, living through a famine, uh, surviving through it uh, is really a miracle. Um, and water, the simple things like clean water can have a huge effect on people from not getting leprosy and losing their senses and arms and legs. Um, yes, I've seen the consequences. So this definitely puts into into focus why it is so important that our vocations offices, that our church, our parishes, our schools are part and represented at COP26, that we are there, that our amazing Pope Francis is going to be speaking to the leaders and sharing this is important to us as a country, as a nation, as a faith, as a community, that we do something about climate change. Let me get to you now, James, you I don't know if you've done missionary work or anything, but you 
in a way, you're doing missionary work with the schools, with your project now. How have you... I am in my head we're about the same age. I I I think I'm actually much older. <laughs> but I'm no, going to say no. <laughs> but in my own generation we've we've learned about climate change drastically different and in school it was always about don't forget to turn off the faucet, don't forget to turn off the lights. But now with what you're doing it's a different emphasis. Uh, could you share some of the what you're doing again? Yeah, absolutely. So part of my work also is I do actually work in the school as a school chaplain. And um, I know from the off that our young people care about creation. They care about the environment. And, you know, you get a small group of young people to work together and they look into what they can do. They campaign. They like to make people aware of climate change and um they learn about it in re um we ourselves this year had a sixth form group that um worked together and they were going to run a project um where they did um some it was similar to like the cathode walk for water um making people aware of the different things that are going on how they can save water um, and the importance of water in our world today. So making that real awareness. But it's not just that. Um, they've done a number of other things. Um, they look at with regards to um, climate in itself, global warming, and the different projects that are um, going on in our world to protect their local environments. Now, with regards to it, it's um, in a London school and um, it's really important for them that they're made aware of it. We take them to green spaces in like local parks in and around London. We run uh, a retreat for year eight, actually, that looks at God in nature. So we look at the creation story um, and we get them to experience um, what God is saying to us and the beauty that is around them. And even though they're in a city, they actually can appreciate that there is green areas around them um, and they can be far away from cars, buses um, and the bustling life that's going out on the street. Um, so, yeah, we take them through that retreat. So we've got like different groups and stuff like that to keep them um, busy in school to make them aware. And I know that um, they're working with um, a local council um, to bring about awareness of COP26. Uh, COP and um, they uh, are running a number of projects with regards to that. Um, uh, there's a small group that are um, partaking in that in the school. And obviously, um, as I said to you, they're looking at the vocation garden as well. So there's a number of different things that we that we do. Um, and this obviously, uh, the work at the National Office for, for Vocation obviously complements that as well. And now I know you guys are coming to Glasgow, going to Glasgow to, to, to join Father Paul. And there's uh, a lot of different events, a lot of things that you're going to be offering. Can Who would like to share with what the vocations offices are going to be having up in Glasgow? Don't all fight. <laughs> Who wants to share? Oh, you might have to unmute yourself. There we go. Father Paul, what's going to happen in class? Oh, oh no. 
James. Oh, wait. I think uh, no. So we're going to get Sister Frances to to talk. That's right. We're just trying to unmute the microphone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's Sister Frances. <laughs> So hi, Helena. Hi, Sister Francis. So what we are um, we're doing in Glasgow is we're actually collaborating. So we've got the National Office for Vocations. We've got uh, for England and Wales. We have the Vocation Network Scotland, um, and we have Vocations Ireland. We also have um, groups of lay people. So we have um, Knights of St. Columba, Catanians, um, Eucharistic Life Group, um, Blessed Sacrament Father. So we've come together to collaborate and put on several events in Glasgow during that weekend, the 5th to the 7th of November. So we're, we, we'll start off in Kerfin on the 31st of October. Um, and we're inviting families and young people to get involved by meeting at Kerfin, the National um, Shrine to Our Lady in Scotland. And we'll have um, a rosary and um, torchlight procession. And that will be to pray for the success, not only of the COP26 event, but also for Pope Francis arriving and, and what he will say to the, to the leaders. Then the weekend, we will have... Um, uh, we have a welcome hub, which will be at the Pauline Bookstore in St Enoch Square in Glasgow. And at that welcome hub, we will be offering tea and coffee and just a place for the, the pilgrims who will be walking to, to Glasgow to come together and, and, and meet and, and have that welcome from us as religious and lay people collaborating together in the city to, to create that, that hospitality. We will also be having... Um, Ladato Sea Talks. Um, we will be having the Mercy Bus, which will offer reconciliation and a prayer space. Um, we have the Carlo Acutis exhibition taking place as well throughout the weekend. Um, and everything that we will have going on, we'll have night fever on the Saturday evening for, for the young people. And everything that will be happening during that weekend, we will be advertising on the God Calls app which we use here at the National Office for Vocations. And that's a digital app. So, again, we are looking after the environment. There will be no paper flyers or posters. Everything will go on to the app. And we will be advertising that app around all the schools in the, in the UK and Ireland. Um, and they can click into it and follow what we will be doing in, um, in Glasgow that weekend. So that's the sort of um, gist, really, of the, the events that we will where we'll be having that sounds amazing what is night fever <laughs> so night fever um runs in london and ireland and scotland and what it is it's it's um an evening of prayer and praise and worship um in one of the the local catholic churches um and there's young musicians there and they're playing music constantly and they're worshipping and praying and adoration, the Blessed Sacrament. And we'll be in the street inviting young people to come in to, to make their way to the, the altar and light a candle. And it's a wonderful um, experience for the young people, many who would say, I've, I've never been in a Catholic church before, many who will say, it's a long time since I've been here. And we offer that opportunity to come in, light a candle, say a prayer and leave 
or if they want to speak to someone, that opportunity um, also. And there'll be young people there speaking to them, um, playing music. Um, so, so Night Fever um, is, is an, an inv invitation to come and, and pray and be with the Blessed Sacrament and, you know, experience um, what that would be like. And, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll get a few people to, to attend that in the evening. That's a Saturday evening. That sounds lovely. Now, just to make sure I get the weekend right, is it November 5th through the 7th? So um, the, the weekend um, in between is the, the Friday is the 5th of November, uh, Saturday the 6th and Sunday the 7th. That's when the main events will take place that we're offering in collaboration with Scotland and Ireland. Um, the 31st of October is the beginning and we start at Kirfin, um at 3 p.m. Um, for our um, torchlight procession and prayer of the rosary, and then the uh, and then the general public. So, for for those that are just uh, for the general public, for example, Cafod and other folks, they might be there praying. They might be there. The delegates will be there from the thirty first to I guess the twelfth. Yeah, and we think, Helena, what will happen there is they will be out at the main arena which is the Scottish Exhibition Centre. So there, uh, and there'll be high security out there, but they'll have um, they'll have maybe tables out there. Um, and, and we know what's going on at the arena. We know that it's addressing the United Nations. We will actually be in the city. We will be hopefully meeting the, the, the people of Glasgow and the people that will visit Glasgow and offering that spiritual side, as we've been talking about, of what COP26 is about that, the, the spirituality of that and that creation of our, that, you know, um, looking after the common home. Um, so that that's what we will be doing in the city. It's such a vital part of what's going to happen is having you guys there. And like you said, having that spiritual part of the city be part of that conference, part of that the dialogue that's going to be taking place because as a community, we do need to take care of our earth, our planet, our environment, together because as we heard from James and Sister Elaine and Father Paul the environment affects all of us in some way or another uh, through famine through just understanding where our food comes from from finding green spaces to just understanding how that affects our emotions and who we are so oh I'm so so pleased I I'm I'm proud I'm proud that we are going to have uh that you guys are setting this up and such a wonderful variety of ways to experience spiritualness our faith and sharing that faith I I'm very excited about the Carlo Acutis uh miracle exhibit is it going to be the actual yeah. one uh, where I've never been to it, but I know it travels. Yeah. So as as we know, uh, Carlo Acutis was the the young um, Italian boy, actually born in the UK um, in 1991, and um, he was um, he's the the first millennial to be beatified by the Catholic Church. So we hope that that will encourage young people because um, you know it's um, they're all called to holiness. And this was a, a young a young man interested in football, interested in computers, interested in nature, interested in animals. Um, and he built websites to transmit the gospel. Um, and he was very, you know, and the Eucharist was very important to him. 
So um, the, the Eucharist was the foundation that kept alive his relationship with God. So we're going to have that exhibition and we hope to also have the relic there. And that will um, hopefully encourage young people, you know, to, to, to see that, you know, we're all called, we all have a vocation and we're all called to holiness. We are. All right. So for... Let's start with parishes or schools or young folks. If you're looking at, or teachers, if you're looking at bringing uh, this information, perhaps as a school assembly, perhaps getting your students involved. Uh, there's, we're about to break up for the summer, but this is the assembly's not until November. The you, COP26 isn't until November. So this is a perfect time to get ready for an assembly or something in September. James is your man. Uh, James, how do they find out more information for uh, getting your assembly packs, stuff like that? Yep. So um, for more information, you can go to um, our website, ukvocation.org. And on there under um, news is a section for COP26. And um, you'll find uh, an assembly on there and that will be a, um, a PowerPoint and you'll be able to share that with um, your students. Um, you can share that with either secondary or primary. There's also a script to go along with that. Um, you can change the script if you want. You don't have to um, go exactly by it. You can um, put it into your own words. Um, and there's also a poster there with regards to um, the vocation garden. And that's got all the details on it about um, if you want to get in touch about a vocation garden and, and how you would start one um, in your schools um, to, to contact me in order to get the ball rolling with regards to that. Brilliant. And I do think this is something that you can take into parishes. Confirmation groups can start a mm -hmm. vocation guard. That'd be, that'd be, I'm going to steal that idea, actually. It's a good confirmation group. Um, uh, start a vocation garden in your parish, in your area, uh, and at your schools. Uh, there's also um, da -da 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 -da, uh, information about how to go to the Welcome Hub and experience all that. Um, uh, Sister Francis or Sister Elaine, can you share how to find out more information about that? Yeah, I mean, apart from if you if you download our free God Calls app, if you come to our National Office for Vocation website, um, you'll be able to download the God Calls app for free, and we will have all of the information about what's happening, where it's happening, when it's happening on the app. You'll also find that information on our ukvocation.org website. And we will be having a new website sowing the seeds of the gospel, which we're building just now. So once that's up and ready, we will put the link on the of on our website, ukvocation.org, so that people can follow it more closely. Um, as, as So hopefully in these days, you, that new website will come up and we'll have all the information up there. Oh, very excited. And Radio Maria will I'll be putting all this lovely, amazing information on a blog post as well. So listeners, you can just check out our Facebook page, our website, and we'll have links to the God Calls app, uh, links to James's amazing PowerPoints, which I'm going to be using this fall. <laughs> and um, for, uh, Father Paul, is there anything for, I don't, I don't know if we have any listeners in Scotland, but is there anything else you'd like us to know about visiting Glasgow or making this pilgrimage to your area? Oh, just come along. <laughs> I, I think Sister Frances has uh, 
comprehensively put everything that we uh, we planned and um, I'll ask maybe that you pray that we can actually execute this and ask the Lord's providence to assist us. We've still got a few bits and pieces to work through. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, prayer. let's ask even young people and those who are listening to this uh, uh, transmission to, to, to pray for us that uh, this may really be a, a spark of hope and of encouragement for the future. I'm excited. Uh, you've you've planted that spark, that seed in me today, guys. I I think this is this is a great initiative, and I'm I'm really proud to say, oh, that's my Catholic Church getting up there and 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 making sure that we take care of our community, our environment, both physically, both environmentally, and both spiritually. So this, what about you? What about you listening? Our Radio Maria community. Are you going to be going up to COP26? Have they inspired you to go make the pilgrimage up to Glasgow? Will you be following along online? Have you already downloaded the God Calls app? Or how is your school working and dealing with climate change? Give us a, an email to info at radiomariaengland.uk or you can send us a text or a WhatsApp to this number 07502 one zero. And I do encourage you guys uh, next. This will be available as a podcast coming up soon. And next week we will be talking about, I believe, brother, uh, the male vocations on our vocation series. I do hope to have Sister Lane, uh, Sister Francis James. I hope to have you guys back in September as we have the build up towards COP26 to remind everybody about the exciting, amazing opportunities that there are in Glasgow. But for now, as we have run out of time, uh, Sister Elaine, could you uh, finish us up in the best way possible with a prayer? Sure. Thanks, Elena. Well, as as you know, all of this is about vocation and our call, our call from God to look after our planet and to look after one another. And I'd like to call on St. Joseph this time because we are still in the year of St. Joseph to accompany us. Blessed St. Joseph, you listened in the depths of your heart to the call of God for you to participate in his plan for the salvation of the world. You responded with faith to that invitation. Help me, help us, listen for the call of God in our lives. Help us understand what the Holy Spirit is asking of us. Help us to be open to follow that invitation with courage and a trusting heart. May your fatherly hand guide us and keep us safe. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, very much for listening in. Thank you, James. Thank you, Father Paul. Thank you, Sister Frances. And thank you, Sister Elaine. Thanks, thank Elena. All. Thank you. God bless and have a beautiful day. Thank, thank, you. You. thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.